Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In today's episode, we have a homily for Sunday, June 25th, 2023, which is the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. Let's begin by hearing the Gospel reading for the day, which is found in Matthew chapter 10. Matthew writes, Jesus said, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret which will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground unperceived by your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. The other day I was listening to the radio and I heard what I considered to be a quintessential Canadian summer song on the radio. The following lyrics rang through the air. Everyone would gather on the 24th of May, sitting in the sand to watch the fireworks display, dancing fires on the beach, singing songs together. Though it's just a memory, some memories last forever. As a kid, I grew up listening to Rush, but more than that, this song in particular echoes some of my own childhood experiences. Whenever I hear this song, it takes me back to the summers of my childhood. I may have mentioned before that every spring my brother and I would start getting excited, not just for summer vacation, but also for what we called fireworks days. Every home on our block would buy a small supply of fireworks from a truck in the local mall parking lot. Just after dusk, all the dads would coordinate the fireworks to be set off at the end of our driveways. Fireworks would be timed to zigzag up and down the block, making a pretty sweet fireworks display. As boys, my brother and I were focused solely on the fireworks. To us kids, the particular day that we were celebrating was secondary, 
so long as we could set off fireworks at the end of our driveway. This reminded me a little of the texts that we've been reading in Matthew's Gospel lately. You may recall that in last week's Gospel reading, we heard about Jesus preaching and teaching and doing all kinds of miracles. We observed that although the miracles were pretty spectacular, they were not meant to be the main point. The miracles were performed to focus attention on the things that Jesus was teaching about who God was. That's a connection to my fireworks story. Both the fireworks of my childhood and the miracles that we read about in Matthew's Gospel were pretty flashy and pretty exciting, but neither were meant to be the main point. Placing the focus exclusively on Jesus' miracles would be like my brother and I placing the focus on the fireworks, rather on the holiday that they were meant to celebrate. Our Gospel reading for today picks up where last week's reading left off. Jesus had been teaching some pretty counter-cultural stuff. Earlier in Matthew's Gospel, during the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told his listeners, Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I don't know about you, but my mind does not naturally draw a straight line between being persecuted and being blessed. Jesus also told people to bless their enemies and love those who hate them. It's not an easy message because it runs contrary to many of our own natural instincts. Jesus also taught that people could approach God as though he were a loving parent. All of this went against the grain for many, and that was only the beginning. Jesus had instructed his disciples to continue the work that he had begun, but warn them that the work would not be easy. In today's text, Jesus used language about the disciple and teacher to encourage his followers to evaluate their commitment to the movement that he had begun. Jesus used language that reflected a relationship like that between a master craftsman and an apprentice. The craftsman has spent a lifetime developing the skills and learning the intricacies of the trade. When a person signed on as an apprentice, they had to commit their entire life to learning the craftsman's trade. In many cases, the apprentice would even live with the craftsman, learning every aspect of that person's life. The craftsman's skills, personality, and sometimes even their temperament would be instilled on the apprentice. When Jesus called people to become his disciples, he was calling them to this same kind of craftsman-apprentice relationship. He was telling his followers that they should commit their entire lives to becoming like him. He then cautioned his disciples that this lifestyle would come at a cost because he knew that it would not be easy. So today we read about Jesus giving his disciples a pretty stern warning. Jesus cautioned them not to be intimidated by opposition, or even by those who would threaten them. He reminds them that his own critics demonized him and warns them not to expect any better treatment from the opposition. He goes on to warn them, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, 
but a sword. These words contradict many of the images that we have about Jesus, like that famous picture of Jesus carrying a lamb around his shoulder, or the famous Wesleyan hymn that talks about gentle Jesus, meek and mild. The image of a sword-wielding Jesus is more in line with a story found in John's Gospel, where Jesus threw tables over and chased people out of the temple with a whip. Most scholars understand Jesus' words in this part of Matthew's Gospel to be allegorical rather than literal. But even if we take Jesus' words as a metaphor, it does not diminish their severity. Jesus is not calling for an armed uprising, but he is warning his disciples that, if they are unequivocally committed to him, their faith may be divisive. So how do we reconcile ourselves to the apparent sting in Jesus' words? Jesus is pointing out something that we all know at some level or another. No matter what label you put on it, any faith system has the potential to be polarizing. I first learned this as a young boy when I was told that religion was one of the three taboo subjects that polite people don't discuss at the dinner table. Anything that we believe deeply and are passionate about has the potential to become divisive, either by our own choice or by someone else's. Jesus knew this and warned his disciples about it. I think that if we're honest, we know this too. But despite the threat of disagreement, Jesus still calls people to commit to discipleship. Jesus continued to call people into deeper relationship with him, and there's a good reason. Jesus knew that he was calling people to a richer life, offering a deeper relationship with God. But he warned them to evaluate the cost of discipleship before following him. Jesus was inviting people to evaluate their priorities. What comes first? Our pursuit of God and his kingdom, or our desire to placate others and keep the peace? Jesus cautioned his listeners about the cost of following him because he knew that if they took their faith seriously, it had the potential to be divisive. Today, I'd like us to consider the same challenge. It's important to understand today's text in the larger context of Jesus' teaching. This is one piece of a bigger puzzle. Jesus was not encouraging hatred, division, or the abandonment of family. Rather, he was telling people to make their relationship with God and the promotion of God's kingdom their priority. When this becomes our priority, we will be able to see others with the compassion that God does and to truly begin to overcome those things that do divide us. Let's pray. God of truth uncovered, you trace the sparrow's flight and plumb the secrets of the heart. Bring our fear and conflict into the light of your presence so that we may lose our hollow life and find our way to you. Through Jesus Christ, the Master and the Servant. Amen. Amen.